The Nerd and Tie Podcast is, unsurprisingly, a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts from actual play to witchcraft to true crime, go to nerdandtie.com or join our community on Discord by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash Discord. This month on Nerd and Tie, we are discussing Ryan Kopp v. Nerd and Tie. That's it. That's the show. From how it started to how we got here, we're, we're going to disclose as much as we are legally comfortable. <laughs> and uh, all that and and that. That is, that is going to be the whole episode. Welcome to Nerd and Tie, the only podcast on the internet with a dress code. I am one of your hosts, Trey Dorn. Joining me as always are Celeste Startwin. Word up, everybody. And of course, Gen Proc. It's your favorite disembodied voice. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we are doing a video version of this episode um, because we want to uh, put it up on YouTube. We used to do video episodes of the podcast every every time, and then we stopped. Um, but uh, we figured because of the subject matter of the show, this episode, we wanted to um, make it as accessible as possible. So that is... Uh, that is why if you're watching this on the old YouTube channel that nobody subscribes to and nobody watches, uh, you can see um, two of our faces. Um, so this month we are doing something a little different than normal. Um, normally people tune into the show for their convention news, some fun pop culture commentary, and I'm sure that we will return to that next month. Next month I'm sure we'll have a lot of opinions on the SAG-AFTRA strike and the WGA strike. And all of that, and mm-hmm. along with anything else that we find interesting in pop culture, um, that's not what we're doing this month, though. And yeah. the reason why is that earlier this month, uh, July fifth, the final bit of the lawsuit that we've been dealing with uh, for quite some time ended, it filed, closed, done, final ruling on everything. The lawsuit is finished. So. Um, with that in mind, now you see the we we did mention back in October that the the case had been dismissed, but we had a few more filings that happened after there, and because there was still pending stuff with the case, even though it had been dismissed against us, um, I I didn't want to go too in depth at the time. Now that things are completely finished, though, uh, we figured it would be a great opportunity to go back through the timeline of effectively the entirety of Ryan Cop v. Trey Dorn et al., which is the actual name of the case. Um, so, again, as I stated before, I am the Trey Dorn of Ryan Cop v. Trey Dorn. Um, hi. Uh, the lawsuit. <sighs> To really understand the lawsuit, I feel like I have to go through like my entire history involving Ryan Kopf prior to it it happening. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the first case in Iowa. We're going to talk <clears throat> about how former contributor Firsters got dragged into it for a bit. We're not going to focus a lot on that. And then we're going to talk about the, the second case in Illinois. <clears throat> there are a few things we're not going to talk about in this episode. We are not going to focus on... Um, on the allegations against Ryan um, that have happened in, in other ways. Uh, we will mention them as they come up in the story, uh, as in, you know, where they become pertinent. But this is this is a, a conversation we're having 
about the lawsuits themselves. Um, so I just, I just want to make that clear. If uh, what we're going to focus on is what we can focus on, and that is, you know, just the, the facts of what happened in the case and uh, maybe our opinions on some of those events and, and facts, but, like, that's that's what we're focusing on here because we really want to, you know, make sure that we are doing everything, you know, mm-hmm. properly and correctly here. Um, so, yeah. And also, uh, you may be asking yourself, why is Fur not here? Fur has not been with Nerd and Tie since 2016. <laughs> so we'll, we'll address that uh, later on in the show. Um, but, yeah. Sound like fun, everybody? And no, but we're going to do it anyway. Inside, there's That's nothing fun right. about this. All right. So to go all the way back to like my uh, – to, to kind of go to like the history of, of me and Ryan Kopf, my first exposure to Ryan Kopf was – I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2011, um, but it was before the, – the first end of Minneapolis was in 2011, so I know it was prior to that. Um, I got an email – from Anna Minneapolis promoting the convention to me on a mailing list I had never signed up for. And it was, it was just, it was this, like, it was spam. It was spam to me um, in my personal email, not a full disclosure. At the time I was with no brand con staff. I am currently with no brand con staff. I was not at the time this lawsuit was filed, but at the time back in, in 2010 or 2011, I was on no brand con staff. And uh, it wasn't, though, to my convention email. It was to my personal email that had been harvested somewhere from the web. Um, so I, I get this email about Anna Minneapolis, and I've never heard of this convention. I don't know anything about the organization, never heard of any of this stuff. And so I went to, at the time, the No Brand Con forums. We used to have forums. That was a thing. Um, they don't even work. The forum software we used to use doesn't even work on our current version of PHP on our website anymore. Uh, but... Uh, the um we used to have these forums and uh so i just i i put out like a public message saying hey i got an email about this anybody know about this and um i got a private message from uh someone who is i'm not going to name his name but he's friends with like we, we all know him on the show um just saying that uh do that i should maybe like avoid him not for anything like to 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 be clear, the accusations was that just he was very unprofessional. That uh, the Anime Iowa staff had had some issues with him, and that um, he was uh, the accusations were mostly about quote unquote like nickel and diming. Like it was just that mm. it was a very for profit driven show. It really wasn't like community spirited. This so like that's the sort of thing I was being warned off about. And you know, I've. I've 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 made my opinions very clear about profit run sh- for profit shows. They can be both bad and both bad or good depending on who's running them. I um I will admit that, you know, maybe 15 years ago or so I had a more of a bias against them. Um but I've been to good for profit shows since then and so I I've, I've kind of come around. But you know, it's that is that is like that was like the beginning and end for a long time just like Here's this guy. He's a little, you know, whatever. Then a couple of years pass, and it is January of 2013. And I'm hoping I'm remembering this right. I think it was January. Like, I'm, I'm going off of memory for this bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is NizumiCon in uh, Milwaukee at uh, Myad. Uh, 
the uh, Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, and mm-hmm. it I it's it's a little one day convention. I um, I did art. I I had an artist table there for several years when that convention existed. It no longer exists. There's a new con named Nazumi Con that is completely unrelated um, because this event has gone away and abandoned its name. So like not to be confused with the current ongoing convention that has that name, but the, the old Milwaukee based Nazumi con, um, a man who, if I recall correctly, was him. I'm pretty confident it was him. That's how brief this interaction was (laughs) that, um, I, I, I met him and, uh, I know at least it was someone representing his conventions, and I'm 99% certain it's him. And I've I've met him in person since then, so I'm pretty confident about this. But technically, you know, I have problems with face recognition sometimes, so we're gonna like remember that with uh, <laughs> that my broken brain is still a a uh, a piece here um, for that. Um, but it was a brief interaction, and I mentioned that I'd considered applying to one of his cons. And when I mentioned that um, I was involved in No Brand Con, I just remember him being very dismissive and a little smug. And so I just went, okay. So I've been told he's kind of a jerk, and now he's acted kind of like a jerk to me in a, like, talking to someone else who works for another convention. Great, great. A little bit unprofessional, in my opinion. But that's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's none of that surmounts to anything more to So like this is the impression I'm getting of this guy. <laughs> mm. So obviously like so so when I, you know, when you when you come down later down the line and understand like why I have certain opinions about um his professional demeanor and things like that, what has informed this image in my head to start with. Now, all of this aside, um it's just a few months later that um, a police report in in June of 2013, a police report from an incident that occurred in May of 2013 at QC Anime Zing um, from the Davenport Police Department starts circulating. Now, I'm not going to go through the details of that police report right now. Um, I will include a link to the t- to like a Tumblr post about it in the show notes. I'm going to be including a lot of things in the notes in the show notes here, um, but like. 10,000 people like shared this thing. Like it was not my post, but I was one of the many people who saw it and uh, who, you know, who read it. And I don't think I ever directly reblogged it. I might've, I mean, like I posted something that links to a reblog of it. So, you know, at the time in 2013, I, I, I did share it, but like, yeah, it, it wasn't like a, it was everybody did. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about it. I made a couple of posts related to it at the time, um, including one that was titled Why I Won't Go to a Ryan Kopf Run Convention. I think that was the title. Again, I will link that. my, And that went to a version of that went to my Tumblr, I think, but a version that was definitely on my personal blog. And the version on my personal mm-hmm. blog is the version I'll link to. Um, in it, I actually I briefly discussed the, the contents of the police report. I kind of, you know, give my opinion on that and then detail other reasons why I don't want to go to a Ryan Kopf convention, including that. So one of the people who had been defending Ryan Kopf on Tumblr profusely was a 14 year old who uh, we confirmed had volunteered at a Ryan Kopf convention. And I don't believe he has underage volunteers anymore, and I don't believe he has for quite some time. But at the time in 2013, 
um, I was able to confirm that a person who was 14 at the time had volunteered and worked at a Ryan Kopf convention. And so that was one of the reasons why I also then described it as unprofessional. You know, it's uh, because I've, I've long come out and said that it is very dangerous for any convention to have staffers who are under the age of 18. <clears throat> it's I'm, I have come out against it when other conventions, like I've, I've said Kitchener Comic Con did that. And I was very like, we, we were very vocally against that too. Like it's that, that is one of my, <laughs> one of my things <laughs> that like, but so like that, that post goes up in, um, I think it's June of 2013 that I make that post and, uh, you can read that and you can like, go ahead and read it. it I'll link it in the show notes. Now, the only reason why I bring that up at all, the only reason why I bring that up at all, because the first time in 2013, um, the first time there was any threat of a legal action against me by Ryan Kopf was in 2013 in regards to that post. Um, in October of 2013, I got a cease and desist letter on behalf of Ryan Kopf from the law offices of, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, um, Salar Atrizade. Um, now, as far as I'm able to tell this uh Atrizade is a um, California-based lawyer. Um, as far as I know, he's not licensed to, according to his, um, <laughs> according to Atrizade's website and LinkedIn, he's not licensed to practice law in Iowa, Wisconsin, or Indiana. Um, the reason why I say those three states is because Iowa is where Ryan Kopf is located. Um, Indiana is where I lived at the time. And uh, Wisconsin is um, where I'm originally from. So, and the cease and desist was full of references to Iowa law and Wisconsin law about a post I published in Indiana. And he wasn't li licensed to practice law in any of those three states. So, this, um, so of course I posted the cease and desist. <laughs> I... I, I have that cease and desist framed in my office. Um, and the reason why is because it is a bizarre cease and desist. I will link this in the show notes as well. Um, because first off, like it lists my, my blog posts and lists some Tumblr posts of mine, but then it also lists a ripoff report from the late two thousands about him being a sexist. If you don't know what ripoffreport.com is, it like you can't it, it's hard you have to go directly there. Google I don't think even lists it anymore. Um it's a pretty terrible site where people can like just make accusations about anybody and they will not take things down under any circumstance. Um I myself have been victim from uh a scammer who I exposed on other articles and other media wrote a bunch of lies about me on that site too. Uh so like but I am not responsible for any for for ever writing one about someone else. Okay, let's be clear. But this lawyer decided that I wrote an article on that site from like the from the aughts when I had not actually heard of this person existing until several years later. Just for your fun timeline. Also, one of the things that was listed as defamatory was my live journal profile. which had nothing on it. So just, <laughs> this was not a, um, I did not take the cease and desist seriously. 
I made some jokes about it on the internet. I'll post, I'll, again, I'll post my blog post on the internet and I'll, I'll link to that. But it was, as far as I was concerned, this is not a serious threat. Someone's trying to scare me with a legal threat. Um, I talked to, uh, I, I talked to people and they told me, yeah, don't take this seriously. And so I didn't. And to be fair, I was never, I was never actually sued about those blog posts. Like no legal actions <clears throat> ever filed against me for those. Um, and so that's, so, so in mid 2013, before we get the cease and desist, mm -hmm. but after the original blog, but after my blog post, um, we founded Nerd and Tie as a show, as a podcast. Nerd and Tie becomes a thing that exists. Um, I think back then it was still at nerdandtie.trhonline.com. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Nerd and Tie, uh, and that started by um, the, the original show hosts were myself, Celeste, and Firsters. Um, it's a podcast. And then in... Um, in mid 2014, I launched the 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 mega blog, the the blog, and we started doing like text reporting on things, and that's also where we opened the convention news section. Um, now I want to be very clear as we go forward here. While Fur is a former contributor, and Celeste and Gen are current contributors, Nerd and Tie is not a separate legal entity. And the legal ownership of all of the assets, unless like specifically denotated like one of the shows on the network that has separate ownership, anything that is listed as owned by Ner that is owned by me legally, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, like cool and unusual punishment, I don't own. That's owned by Jody and Tyler Haas. They own the show, but we promote them as they are part of the network because the network is more of a confederation and a, an alliance of podcasts at this point. Um, Nerd and Tie, though, itself, and especially at the time, like if you go back to 2014, 2015, 2016, it is legally solely owned by me. All right. So let's be let's be very clear. Um because again, I'm literally paying all of the bills. This is hosted on server space that I pay for personally. Um, and the, the only income that literally supports the shows right now that actually supports the network are Patreon contributions made to me mm. for BS free witchcraft. <laughs> BS free witchcraft supports this entire network. <laughs> um, all right. So, there has been literal silence for years. We launched the blog in 2014. And now occasionally, because we start reporting on convention news, because that's one of the things we talked about on the podcast, we're all heavily involved in the convention scene. And the biggest thing that draws um, news to the site are uh, reader and listener tips. Uh, we set up the tips at nerdandtie.com email address. And that is where the vast majority of uh, our stories end up coming from. Um, and over time, we write, um, I write several stories about Ryan Koff's conventions under on the blog. Um, I write a number of them. I, <laughs> uh, you can you can go check the tag. It's uh, you know they're of varying degrees of importance. You know, like there's the mm -hmm. the, the Robert Goodu story, which is very important. Um, 
uh, who was a, there, there are other, other things, but, um, importantly, uh, there are two articles I write and I think they're both in 2015. Um, the, the Metacon 2015 article and the anime California article, um, to briefly explain those two articles, um, the anime California article is, uh, barely about Ryan at all. <laughs> um, I do a little bit of editorial. We edit. So like in our content format, we editorialize. Uh, uh, so like, you know, we do, we do express, op- I express opinions in the articles we write. I do. Um, and now anime California is a convention that, um, that, Ryan Kopf, um, no, I don't believe he currently has a financial stake in the organization, but in 2015 he did. Um, and the article is about something done by uh, Jeffrey Sudarth, who was at the time CEO of Anime California. But because <clears throat> the and and I'm not going to go into the whole set of accusations made by um, by the 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 Maid Cafe that was uh, the Maid Cafe group that like had a conflict with anime California back in 2015. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, I do in the headline say that it is Ryan Kopf's anime California because uh Chue cosplay who, uh, who's the one of the, who's the cosplayer who um, made the accusations against anime California mentioned and Ryan Kopf's involvement in their organization. So it seemed notable, especially to our mostly Midwestern audience that he was involved in the, uh, in the organization. Um, I do express some opinions about him and they are opinions mm-hmm. in the first paragraph. And you can, you can read those. I mean, it's these articles, you know, we've have been linked on our info page on the lawsuit this entire time, but that's one of the articles. The other article, um, was the article about an incident at Metacon 2015 where Ryan Kopf got into a um, physical altercation with a uh, vendor named David Silvaeus, um, plush in the USA. Um, there was a fistfight. Now, one party claims the other one started it. The other party claims the other one started it. So it's like it is a complicated situation. Um that we were we were tipped off by um someone who is at Metacon. But when we researched that story, we uh like when I researched that story, I should say I say we out of habit because I refer to like I'm used to referring to like the we, but I did this. It was me, one hundred percent me. I wrote this article. <laughs> I wrote this article, I published this article, I am responsible for this article. Um, it, it, I went as, because I knew that like, this is a physical altercation between two people and the events that happened afterwards. Um, I wanted as many points of view as possible. I talked to, um, more than one person who was at the event. I read, um, I stalked through social media and found, um, Ryan Kopf staffer Kate Holmes's descriptions of his version of events. I actually got a statement from Kopf, uh, about his version of events. And I talked to Silvaeus about his version of events. Um, 
I also read like as many like online comments and statements that people had made about this. Like I, I spent a lot of time doing homework on this article because I wanted to make sure I got it right. And it's, I mean, effectively is that a cop, there was a bootlegger at Koff's event. They tried to kick him out. A physical fight happened of some sort. That is the story. Um, if you read the full details of anyone's account, nobody comes off sounding like the good guy, in my opinion. But that is my opinion. The The article is actually pretty careful about, like, making sure that, like, I don't assign blame. And I do, I do voice my opinion on several times in it about, like, pretty much that people are acting like jackasses. But, you know, all parties kind of act. But that's 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 my opinion of the situation. That is what I wrote that article about. And I don't think... (sighs) I think that's where... I don't think this is going to go anywhere, right? Like, I think I wrote my article. Everybody's going to be fine. I I got everybody's side. I'm pretty legally covered here. Um, Not going to worry about it. And then... (laughs) And then... (laughs) And gentlemen, and then, okay, so that is, um, like, Metacon, that's in September of 2015 I write that article, and then um, it's August of 2015 that I write the Anime California article. So those two articles are August and September of 2015. And then in December of 2015, and I want to make sure I get this timeline right because I've seen some other people try to summarize timelines and they sometimes I've seen some weird mistakes with the years. Um, I know Fer gets the years wrong on these all the time when he talks about these, but uh, that it was December of 2015 that I got a message from a friend of mine saying, <clears throat> hey, did you know you're being sued? Because that friend of mine had been checking the status of stuff in uh for other reasons, had been looking at Brian in the Iowa state uh, like legal system search stuff, and he came across he came across Ryan Koff v. Trey Dorn, and that was a surprise to me. Um, so yeah, uh, I I got that I found that out um, <laughs> right before Christmas of 2015. I didn't get served until early January, I don't think, but. Um, so I, it was just this waiting game of when is the process server going to show up at my door? And a sheriff did show up at my door to serve me like in, in early January. And he had, uh, filed, he, and he filed the, the case in the state of Iowa. And what he was suing me over were specifically the, uh, the Metacon article and the Anime California article. Um, so, and this is again, so I needed to hire an, a lawyer in the state of Iowa. Um, I did. Uh, I think uh, Heather Carlson is the lawyer I hired. It's been a while. I'd have to look that up and check. Um, but uh, I hired that lawyer and I started a GoFundMe to raise money for it because at the time I was in- I was incredibly broke. I had no money. I had <laughs> very little money. We were starting Nerd and Tie Expo, so like all of my like stuff was tied up, pointing towards that, right. And so uh, I started GoFundMe and uh, to raise money to hire my lawyer. And that GoFundMe actually was great, and uh, everybody who contributed to that was phenomenal. Um, 
And so I, I do want to like thank everybody who has contributed to any of our GoFundMes over the last, mm-hmm. you know, seven years or whatever. Um, because we are still here and still standing in part because of your help. Because lawsuits are expensive. Um, Extremely. Yeah. So uh, I, hire, I hire a lawyer. And anyways, while I'm raising money, though, with this GoFundMe, uh, Fur makes a post promoting the GoFundMe because he was a fellow nerd tie contributor like, and he was my friend. You know, it's so he's like, I'm going to help a friend out. Um, <laughs> Fur got into a minor Facebook argument with Koff, um during the, the fundraising for this. It's like nothing remarkable. It is just literally your average little Facebook disagreement. Um, Fur gets added to the lawsuit in February of 2016 over his GoFundMe post promoting it and uh, the, a comment that he made in response to um, in, in, in response to uh, Mr. Koff. Now, um, I want to be careful how I say this. Uh, technically, one of the statements that they put in Fur's mouth isn't accurate. But it could be argued he implied what they're saying he said. But um, effectively, um, Fur brought up uh, allegations similar to those in 2013. I will I will say that. Um, they brought up uh, accusations of... Uh, Fur brought up, he brought up... Um, uh, he made uh, allusions to accusations of sexual assault. That is what Fur Fur implied, and I am I am again I am just be very clear. I am merely stating this because this is what was stated in the lawsuit. All right, take uh, it's uh, you are adults. I leave you to do your own research and your. Uh, I will link to some stuff in the show notes. Mm. But that is what Fur was being sued over. Now, importantly, and this is to be very clear, I was not being sued over that. All right. Fur was being sued over that. I was being sued sued over um, articles where I called him. It's I was being sued over um, an articles where because I called him a villain, which is an opinion and um, what I believe to be accurate reporting about the the facts of the the case, like it's um, if you go to the lawsuit and you read the complaint, it is because I call him unprofessional, which is my opinion. And uh, yeah, it's this is the frustrating thing. Okay, so here's some things you gotta know about defamation law. Now I'm not a lawyer. This is just how I've had it explained to me by lawyers. Um, mm. Something is not defamation in in the U.S. law. It's different overseas, but in the United States, um, there are protections against being sued for defamation. One is if it is a true statement. True statements are protected speech, right? True statements are protected speech. Two, um, opinions are protected speech. So if it is factually true or if it is an opinion, 
It is not defamatory legally. All right. Um, now, I know that there's there's a larger checklist and there's more, but like if if you everything I said in those articles and I stand behind them is was either a true statement or it was my opinion. Both of those things are protected. Um, now, additionally, besides that, um, for there's more than one kind of defamation. For a lot of it, though, even if you said something mean, like if I called Celeste, you're a duty head. Now, obviously, your head is not composed of duty. That is not, you know, I mean, so that's an opinion. It's hyperbolic. If I say Celeste traveled back in time to the 60s and murdered JFK personally. Yeah, that's uh... that would Mm -hmm. even if I convinced someone that that was a true statement. You could not get any damages from me or find me liable for that if no financial harm came to you for it. Like there are other situations, actually that technically because I accused you of a crime that might be, uh, hire a lawyer folks. If you get accused of defamation, hire a lawyer. Um, but anyways, I am not a lawyer. I am the only one of my siblings who is not a lawyer. Um, so anyways, that's, that's what the Iowa case is about, right? It's, it's about, I wrote these two articles now in actually in the amended petition, just as a weird aside in the amended petition, uh, they did add a third article as a mention, um, which was the the article about um, do Ryan Koff's conve- do some of Ryan Koff's conventions break the law? Quite possibly, I think is the headline. It mm. is. Uh, it's about how um, there may have been issues with the legal registration of his corporation in a couple of states. And for for the record, he has corrected those. Um, mm. He did uh, the 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 issues that I found at the time have all been corrected, and I believe he's legally in good standing in all of his operations there. So it's, but it was, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, but but there's no like reference as to why that article is supposed to be defamatory. And uh, when when that article gets mentioned again by title in the uh, the Illinois case, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, it's mm-hmm. actually explicitly said that it's not defamatory. So I don't know why they brought it up. But anyways, uh, <laughs> um, the uh, so that's so the Iowa case like fur gets added to it. And so we, we panic. We raise money. We get fur a lawyer. Um, we get fur a lawyer. I've got a lawyer. We get the case dismissed on grounds of jurisdiction because, again, he filed in Iowa. Now, when you're filing a lawsuit, it's got to be filed in a place where the defendant, like it would be jurisdiction to sue the defendant, right? So um, appropriate venues at the time because, like, I lived in Indiana would have been Indiana. That would have been an appropriate venue at the time. I was publishing from Indiana. I lived in Indiana. The site was based in Indiana at the time. Um, He filed it in Iowa. A state that at the time of the lawsuit, I had been to, I had driven through it a couple of times. Uh, I literally knew, like, I had no contacts in the state of in, in the state of Iowa at the time of that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I had no family, no friends living there at the time that I'm aware of. Uh, I had no business connections. I had no, like, there were no, I had literally none neither did fur so we got the we both of us filed for dismissal on grounds of jurisdiction under and uh it it got tossed 
lawsuit got tossed. Um, it took a little while, uh, just because like it, we, we got dismissed against me. Then we had to get it dismissed against fur. And then they tried to, um, like appeal or, so they, they tried to, um, file a motion to reconsider the dismissal. Um, and then it was finally done in May of 2016. It's fun fact, uh, always listed as a party in that lawsuit. And what will be also listed as a party in the Illinois said is nerd and tie. Nerd and tie, we mentioned in the Iowa case, was not a legal entity, not an organization, not a business, just something that I owned. Like we were abundantly clear in that Iowa case. <clears throat> and so it's May of 2016. It's fully tossed. In June of 2016, Ryan Kopp's lawyers uh, refiled, like they filed a new suit against us in the state of Illinois. And we get served in July of 2016. Mm. Uh, so they filed this in Illinois. Now, um, Illinois is a really interesting venue. Um, technically, uh, we had promoted the Nerd and Tie Expo in, at Athen. So technically, we had done some business in Illinois. It's still a weird venue to pick because, again, I was at the time based out of Indiana and Fur was in Wisconsin. So why we were being sued in Illinois wasn't exactly clear, but I do have much, I have strong ties to Illinois. It's I, besides doing, you know, business there, I have a bunch of family there. I, mm -hmm. I was born there. It's I am from the Chicago area originally where I lived as a kid. My parents are both from, they, my parents live in Milwaukee. I grew up in Milwaukee mostly, but my parents are both from Illinois. All of their family is from Illinois. I, I spend more than enough time there. It, we thought there was a chance we could get it kicked on jurisdiction, but it it seemed like he was determined to just refile this case wherever he could. Mm. And so it was kind of a, we made the decision that um, we may as well, like he's going to keep filing it wherever he can or as long as he can. And um, it's, you know, we may as well stand and, and do it here. Um, so uh, that's that's where we end up actually fighting this lawsuit. And again, this is still we're in June of 2016, July of 2016. Um, I'm referred to my lawyer, uh, Jared Kosaglad, uh, by my sister, who is a law school classmate of his. Um, both of my siblings are lawyers. I should mention this. I am the only non-lawyer in my family. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's. He he refiles the suit there, and that's and that's where we get into the long, long game. So this is 2016. Over the course of several years, um, we are filing stuff, we are gathering witness lists, we are like this. Let me tell you, this lawsuit takes forever. It was in Cook County, Illinois, which is a very busy court system, and um the our 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 plaintiff wasn't always the fastest about doing things, which not like in a like awful way, but just in a kind of a this was dragging for whatever reason. It it, it seemed as though that this was dragging out longer than maybe people like some of us expected it to um, like. And to tell do you, you mind if I interject yeah. here? I think a lot of I think a lot of people will forget that lawsuits 
are not usually resolved quickly. No. And I, that was one of the things that was really frustrating for when, uh, being on the periphery of this was promoting, promoting the fundraiser for you and seeing people often being like, how is this still going? Well, that's right. It's not going to move quickly. And a lot of people work under that assumption that it would, but it's, well, and it, it doesn't help that the, 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 the Iowa case, we got kicked immediately because it was such a mm-hmm. simple reason to dismiss it. Right. Like, right. No one had to look at the facts of the case. No one had to look at the, the articles. No one had to read anything. The judge didn't have to do anything. The judge should just say, this person's not in Indi- not in Iowa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not in Iowa. They don't do business here. No, this is not my, it's, it, it made it real easy for the judge to say, not my problem. Um, and which is why, which is why I got tossed. Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 one of the frustrating things is that, yeah, it's all every so often, like I would be mentioning that this is happening still and people would go still. And I'm like, yes, like this kind of thing can take forever, especially in a busy court system, you know? And if, if, if people decide to take as much time as like they took as much time as they were legally allowed to. And like they, you know, I'm not. But, you know, they weren't exactly in a hurry. Um, and, like, to, to, to explain, like, so we were gathering, like, discovery and getting together um, evidence for various stuff. Uh, but, like, we didn't reach depositions until, I think, 2018. A full, like, two years. So, like, two, it took two years to get to the point where we're actually doing depositions. Um, and, like... Uh, Cough set for so we deposed cough in so I was both both Fur and I were deposed by cough's counsel and we deposed uh, cough right pretty normal stuff pretty typical stuff um we uh we deposed cough first time in 2018 and then um he did kind of yank us around in that first deposition um mm. he uh. Like he he was not. I'm pretty sure it was 2018. I could I have the I have a copy of the transcript somewhere in my files. I could dig it up, but I, I think it was 2018. But so he did, he he kind of yanked us around a bit in the 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 first deposition, um, and then we did depositions. And then um, what happened was because Kopf really he refused to answer certain answer certain questions directly, um the judge ordered him to effectively do a second deposition. Now the second deposition, we did agree to a couple of things like the second deposition. I cannot discuss the details from, uh, I, I believe mm-hmm. it's still sealed. Um, I was in the room. I have a copy of the transcript, but I don't believe I'm legally allowed to disclose what ha- like what was said in there. Um, I was not in the room. I have no, no idea no, what was no, said. That's, that's why I'm not. I'm not going to really discuss the details of either deposition. Like even especially on the chance that I I make like I might. There's some stuff I reviewed before this episode, um, but I'm not going to disclose a lot of the details because I want to make sure I don't accidentally say something that was from the sealed deposition, thinking it was from the non-sealed one. So, um, the uh, but also though because in September of 2019 because of. Um, because of, and this is a quote, manipulative and obstructive conduct at his depositions, Kopf uh, was ordered to pay um, over $8,000 in sanctions. Uh, that, that, that definitely happened. Uh, so, um, well, in part, it was because um, in 
and I, I can say this is like there are details to what he accused. So he says Fur called him something. Fur's best defense is to prove that Fur is telling the truth. But cop refused to answer questions in the first deposition regarding the very subject matter. Mm-hmm. But he has to because he's claiming it's defense. Like it's <laughs> when you file a defamation suit, you pretty much have to be willing to like prove that it's defamatory. And if someone has to, is trying to prove their defense, you like you have to let them. Like that's how the law works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's. Um, and again, in, in support of, of, of fur, we did, we have actually like, uh, a number of state, like we reached out to witnesses and a number of statements, um, for that stuff. Uh, and had we gone to trial, all, all that stuff would have gone into the, the record. Um, I mean, some of it I believe is in the record, but I think it's, it might be sealed because of what happened, the way that this closed out. So I don't want to like, I don't want to disclose that stuff just because I don't know if I'm allowed to, and I didn't get a chance to ask Jared about it. So when I'm you say the record, say do you mean like the public record then? Yeah, public or, record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, because uh, when, when it goes into a lawsuit, it becomes part of the public record. Mm-hmm. And you can quote the public record without it being def- defamatory. It's, folks, the Streisand effect is real, and it's even bigger when it comes to lawsuits. Um, and again, uh, so like the, the like I was just rereading the first deposition where that he got sanctioned for. Like this is a, a deposition he got sanctioned for. It was a little bit wild. Um, he did kind of imply that I was behind everything i don't know like i don't know how to explain it um like i don't know if you remember the um the irina drenick's um midwestern convention predators website that was up that i believe cop uh legally went after for her for and she took down uh cop implied i might have been behind it which is not true Mm. uh he also implied that I was res- he he said he thought I might be he didn't say I was he said he thought he thought I might be responsible for the 2013 police report getting out there or being shared and that is not correct that that's actually how I found out about that was it already being shared thousands of times before I ever saw it it, in fact, I think it had been floating around for like a good week before I saw it. So it's just timeline of events, just a little bit strange. Um, mm. So it, it, it was, it, it was odd, but so anyway, so we, we do the depositions, right. Um, and we end up like, I think at one point we, we gave him uh a settlement offer um, just to get it over with where we just said like, look, you object to us using certain words in the thing. Like the, the anime California article like does open up with a paragraph where I editorialize on Ryan. It does. And I think mm-hmm. we offered to take like to edit that out and to remove a couple of the references to him as a villain. Cause he, he called out me calling him a villain in the lawsuit. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't care about that. Like it's, 
like that's like I don't think I should like it's not defamatory in any way, shape, or form, but like um and he rejected that. Um because we just wanted to like like because I don't know. So we're 2019. We are ready to go to trial. We are waiting for this to go to trial. We think we're at the point where we're going to trial. We have our witnesses, we have a discovery, we've like evidence, we've done depositions. We are like we are waiting to go to trial. We are mm. waiting for this thing to happen. We don't necessarily want to, but you know, we're gonna we've we've in the course of this case, like we changed judges at one point. We did have a problem with like them not wanting to do a summary judgment. Um like we we just really wanted a judge to like look at the evidence and mm-hmm. like just rule on it, but none of them were but we were gonna go to trial. And we were ready for it. And we were pretty confident in our position, right? It's especially especially the case against me was so ridiculous. Right? Like the case against me was, and again, at no point was he able to uh, provide damages that I had supposedly caused against his event. Um, it's not a thing. Uh, so, like, we're really, we're really confident, like that we're gonna, we're gonna go to trial, and we're gonna, like, just win, like, not a problem. It's uh, that, like, yeah. And then we sit and we wait. And then we wait. And then COVID hits, which did slow things down for a little bit, but the Cook County court system reopened virtually and was running and doing stuff. Jared had other clients. You know, it's... The system was moving, but our case was not. Mm -hmm. And... Like getting something tossed for failure to prosecute is you gotta wait a you gotta like take a long, long time to get something kicked for that, right? Like now I could theorize why someone like Kopf wouldn't have wanted this case to go to trial. I have ideas, but I'm not in his head, I'm not in his house. I don't know what his motivations are. That's not what we're here for. Things. Yeah. Right. I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that while we were pretty much ready to go in late 2019, um, by October of 2022, nothing had happened. And we're, we were still waiting. So um, in 2022, we filed a motion to dismiss for failure to prosecute. And in October of 2022, I should say, like, I'm, I don't remember exactly what date we filed, but I know in October of 22, um, the judge granted the, the motion to dismiss. Now, what, what did happen after that is we did try to file for some sanctions. Mm. And uh, like and so we mentioned on the show back in October of, of last year that that the case was dismissed and done. That like the the case against us was over, and that is that is true. And, but we didn't talk about it because we were going to try to file for some sanctions. We knew they were a long shot, but we we still wanted to give it a try. And so that's that's really what's been happening for the last several months was just us attempting to um to file for some sanctions again, some additional sanctions because technically we did get sanctions back in um 2019. Uh, so we were trying to file for more sanctions. Uh, the judge denied our motion for additional sanctions against Koff, um, though they are possible if he refiles. 
Mm-hmm. It was mostly because he wasn't comfortable. He wasn't. I think he wasn't comfortable rewarding sanctions on a case that was no longer active. Um, that doesn't mean the, the there's a good. We'd have a really good chance if he files it again. Um. But yeah, so that is like that is the timeline from like December of 2015 to July of 2023 of the two lawsuits. And the 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 uh Illinois one started in June of 2016. That's almost exactly 7 years of a lawsuit, just slightly over Jesus. seven years of, of that lawsuit. And it's like seven and a half altogether, the two suits together. It is um not great. <laughs> no. Obviously. Um it was exhausting. Uh it like and here's the thing, is it like being sued like that actually like really hurt us as a news organization. Mm-hmm. Because um we're not an organization. We're me. You know, it's <laughs> you go through like it's uh Celeste has contributed like some articles also, but like ninety-nine percent of all of our news reporting was me. Because again, I'm the one paying for everything. So I'm <laughs> I was doing the work there. And like there are news stories we did not cover because of this lawsuit. Um mm-hmm. like we barely talked about anything that happened with Ryan. Like I got tips about stuff that we did not cover. Um, I got a tip about someone who was a guest at one of cops conventions from one of cops staff, but I didn't want to publish it because it didn't seem like it, it didn't feel like it was a danger to attendees and I didn't want it to affect the suit because even though it wasn't about something that cough had done, it was about something that had happened at one of his conventions. And so I didn't want to cover it. So I didn't cover that. Um, when Ryan Kopf was uh, Anime News Network and AnimeCons.com both reported on this, but we didn't report on uh, Ryan Kopf's being banned from Anime Milwaukee over a sexual assault allegation. And that is, again, Anime News Network published that story and did the research and AnimeCons.com also published a story doing research. I'd say way bigger outlets than than yours. We knew about it first. Mm. And uh, we couldn't write about it. We would have had that story. And uh, thankfully, other people reported on it. Um, other people reported on it. And so the we I, I felt like the pressure was off of us. We didn't have to report on it because these two other outlets published widely spread around stories about it. So mm. um, because our primary mission, like at Nerd and T- like the, the primary mission that I kind of have with that whole convention news section is that there are bad there stuff happens in the con scene and too often over the history of my being in the con scene. Because I've been in the con scene since the nineties. Like I first uh, worked a convention as a teenager in 1996, and I know I say don't let people under 18 work at conventions. Well, someone should have told TSR I was under 18 because I sure didn't. Um, TSR should have checked my ID, uh, which was a high school one at the time. Um, but it's it's so it's so difficult to like like it so many times like bad actors and stuff, bad stuff happens to cons and things get swept under the rug. 
And I don't like that. I think that for the convention scene to be safe and for us to have a strong community, we have to be able to talk about this stuff, report on this stuff, and have a record. Like, it's it's one of the reasons that why we've pivoted away from text content on Nerd and Tie. Like, it's we've completely kind of slid from, like, the text-heavy focus to just to podcast network over the past several years. But we've kept the, the convention news section open. Um and honestly, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I would have kept that convention news section going if it weren't for this lawsuit, because I kind of kept it running out of spite <laughs> because I wasn't going to be silenced. And so it meant I had to keep publishing. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, really, what would really d- reduce the amount of work there was just how many cons have not come back with COVID. Uh, like the, the convention scene is just much, it is effectively less stuff is happening now than it was um, before I mean- COVID. I mean, I remember back in the day we would discuss um, just how prevalent anime conventions were. And we talked about the anime con bubble mm-hmm. and, and we theorized when that was going to bust. Well, it burst. And and well, now we're start- in the now we're in the aftermath. Well, it was starting to burst actually before COVID with like collapses of some events like GeekCon. Um, yep. But this like it did COVID finish the job on a lot of events. Yeah, and it escalated mm-hmm. quite a few other conventions yeah. towards their doom. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot that just wasn't going to be... I mean, yeah, it, COVID just was that thing that just came in, and I... It's still weird how much it, it feels like people don't want to acknowledge just how big an influence it had, because it was huge, and we're probably going to be feeling it for a while yet. Yeah, like it's it's weird to think that like there were so many cons, especially in Wisconsin, because we had oh so many for the state who were so prevalent. And there's still a bunch, but there's still quite a yeah. few. And and the ones that are here now are different. Like it's yes, like mm-hmm. Colossal Con North is very different than Daisho Con in yep. like what it represents, and it's mm. um yeah yeah, but. uh so yeah, it's like having this lawsuit done is a great kind of weight off of off of me. Like it's just like I like I have generalized anxiety disorder. I stress out about everything. Um you know, it's but I also like that's my joke is that I don't scare easy. Um going to the grocery store terrifies me. I go to the grocery store every day. You can't scare me. I'm already scared. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've already, the, I've already got the management techniques from therapy to deal with a panic attack. It's too late. <laughs> Watch out, world. But no, it's it's. I mean, it's just really nice to have it over. Yeah. No, because it it's been going on longer than I've been with. What's well, the thing? Is, yeah, the team. So yeah, it's like so. First, stopped being contributor for Nerd and Tie at the end of 2016, and mm-hmm. again joined us. And like, like that's the whole thing. Is it's like for the majority of this lawsuit, for the majority of this lawsuit, uh, Fur has not been involved with this podcast, with the site, with any of it. Yeah. Um. At like at the end of 2016, he was out the door. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think I'm the only one took. of us who has any contact with him. Can confirm that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um he doesn't even live in Wisconsin anymore. Uh like it's the whole thing is just nuts. I mean, I think I don't know. Like the world is so different from when this lawsuit started. I'm so different. You know, we're all so different. Uh, mm-hmm. Several of us came out of the closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was using he, him pronouns when I got deposed. Uh, it's. It, I don't know. It's like the whole thing is I'm. I'm so glad that the lawsuit is over and I like there's so many people who like stepped up and helped us like all the people who were willing to come forward during the witness stuff mm-hmm. um like all the people who were going to be potential witnesses and had submitted statements to us and who reached out um with support and I honestly wish I could do more for those people yeah like I wish I was in a position to do more for the the people who um, spoke to us in the course of the events of this case. Like that's, that's really the frustrating thing is knowing that that I can't do more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't want this to sound like this is the be all and end all of, of everything involving stuff. Like I hate that we've become the focus of any of this. Yeah. Because we, Really, I don't understand why I'm the focus of any of this. Why was I, why was I fixated on? That's what I don't get. But I, I mean, it. it I don't think it helps that like you're pretty vocal online. I mean, yeah, but and that was. I know it makes it's, you an easy th- target. I think it's because I put my name on the stuff I say because I definitely am not the most inflammatory voice out there. Uh, Like I would say I've it's, it feels like while, while nerd and tie and while you've been the focus of a lot of this tray that a million other little fires have been well, like starting around this issue. And, uh, yeah. I feel like it's a little tasteless to end the show on our normal end theme. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little bit. So I'm not going to. Um, I think we're just going to close this out um, by saying I am I am Tradorn. Uh, I'm Celeste Startwin. I am Genproc. And this has been Nerd and Tie. Um, you can follow the show. Um, Facebook.com slash nerd and tie. Technically, we still have a Twitter at twitter.com slash nerd and tie. And uh, we're on Tumblr at nerd and tie dot tumblr dot com. Um, whole sites at nerd and tie dot com. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you guys next month. Oh, if you'd like to um, discuss this with us more, join the Discord. Join our Discord, and you can find an invite mm-hmm. for that at nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Yep. And yeah, 
we got right. happier stuff on our pages too. We check those out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good night.